Welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire, powered by ShirtAgency.com. Get ready to take a trip inside the apparel industry for the best tips, tricks, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Cole Lundstrom. So, hello. Ryan, you're here. I'm here. How's it going? It was early this morning. Yeah, what time did you fly in? We flew, we left at 5 a.m. Oh, okay. Brought Justin with me. Yeah. Well, Justin's off camera, but there he is. He's double cameraing. Yeah. Uh, so what are you here to talk about today? You, you've got the Made to Make It going, and you were talking about marketing because you had heard the Grand Line version, the Grand Line yeah. podcast. It was awesome. That was a cool, like, spur of the moment thing of these guys. They're actually our closest shop to us. I literally yeah, yeah. I could throw a stone and hit. I heard Mark bragging. He's like, just bragging. We're really close to Ryan. It. Yeah, right. That's Apparently. like his big thing. He's proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we need to go over and show them how to use their press a little bit better. Um, the uh, so, but the exercises you went through in the book, and then just the marketing stuff. I was like, man, how much has marketing changed since I started? Because when I started, YouTube wasn't around. Like all the social media channels weren't around. Yeah. But the stuff that you were doing on SEO, I was like, a lot of it was the same and relevant. So I thought it was interesting. And then just talking about that that breakdown of that that shop. It was really cool listening to you go through some of the exercises with them and like, wow, that's a, that is a really valuable thing for somebody to walk through. Yeah. And more shops should do it or maybe that's something that we could offer people, you know, as part of the band membership or something like that where they get, you know, some kind of actually kind of plan where you kind of walk through those exercises because I think there's like 70 exercises or so in the book oh yeah and you've got spots in the book to like actually write in your notes and stuff is this your well well written uh... no it's i mean <laughs> this is the uh this is the official non non-written version Torn. have, have but, you actually done but, some of the exercises I, yeah yeah i just did it like on my phone and stuff because yeah. that way i had notes on me that's the best but, way to yeah do i mean this one has hey it has a signature ryan so yeah. i can't just mark it up yeah. this is going to be valuable this one's been through the this one's been through the wash, I think, a couple times. Oh, there you go. Um, Just in the back of the jeans. Oh, there it is. It's got my notes in it. We're on the second version of it. Are you guys going to do like a, a audiobook version? Because I bet that would work pretty well. So I got all the way through doing an audiobook version, and then I realized it sucked. Like literally like <laughs> – Is it you reading? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's why we're covering this topic in this growth section of the book. I'm the worst reader in the world. You ever watch the, like, uh, what was it, Dennis the Menace, the movie? Yeah, yeah. Where his babysitter's, like, reading to him, and he can't can't read at all. It's, that's how I read, anyway. So uh, we did it with Brett from Printed Threads. Yeah. And actually just went through Brett's, each. He's animated. Yeah, sometimes, depending on the season that he's in. Yeah. He has four <laughs> seasons, um, which depends on the day and also, you know, what the weather looks outside. But, uh, and the alcohol involved. But yeah, the, he can get real animated then. <laughs> yeah. So we just walked through and we just kind of did the illustrations like you did, did a lot of the exercises and then used real world examples of how to illustrate a point the book was trying to make um, in real life. What, so, what's so, like the thing that you've been seeing from people who like are new shops that is the most successful shift from kind of what you saw 14 years ago? I mean, is there something oh, that people are awesome. doing? Is it all social yeah. media? Or? No, it's great now because we, 14 years ago when we started, 
First of all, everyone wanted a contract print. Yeah. That was like, oh, I'm going to start a contract Because it was just volume, business. volume, volume. Yeah, which there was actually a need for because during that time, it was early 2000s, a lot of the con- big contract shops have gone away. You know, yeah. they there used to be these shops with hundreds of automatic presses and they went, they got outsourced and overseas in China mm-hmm. um, or Asia or Mexico or wherever. So there was this niche needed for small contract shops that might be serving a local school market or whatever. And everyone wanted to start up a screen printing business to print contract shirts, essentially. And now what I see is the people that are doing, it's very, you can start a screen printing shop, find a niche. That niche is so important though. But if you find a good niche, bam, you know, you, you can make a million dollar business, of, you know, half a million dollar business pretty quickly Yeah. Um, just by serving a market niche. And that was one of the interesting things, kind of walking through the, the Grand Line podcast of like, because I've talked to them about their market niche. And it was interesting because you guys kind of went in, into a different direction yeah. than the discussions that I have had with them. But I think they, I think they could just completely own that Russian market. I wouldn't have done any of the ads in English. Oh, just go like I completely just go straight Russian, one. you know, or like that's a good idea because like there's no screen printers that serve that market. Because I was and, getting a lot of answers out of them. It was like they kind of wanted to do churches, and then they kind of wanted to do anyone who walked in the door. Like they didn't. They didn't feel that nailed down yet. No. I mean, they – and in our sector for per capita, screen printers in Portland, Oregon, and Maker, Washington, it's insane. I mean, it's like 2,000 screen printers in that, like, metro area. So there's wow. a lot. It's – and but even then, they just the stuff that you were doing was already having a ma- immediate effect. Oh, I'm, I'm sliding You're on camera there. We have, okay. to be, we have to be nice and together. We're wearing uh, PD shirts of the month uh, yeah. shirts. This is a secret shirt society, yep. so if you Google it, you can also find it. Yeah, Printed Threads does it, PD's secret shirt society. Yeah, it was pretty fun to watch you walk in with it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this will work out great. It's a nice ad. Yeah. Normally, I wear blank shirts, but then I just decided to wear printed shirts today. Yeah. This is nice. It's not an all-made shirt, but well, we do need to do this color. I like the color. I like the color. Is it a, it's supposed it's probably to be like, a Bella. Yeah, definitely a Bella. Yeah. yeah. They have more colors than we do. But that's one of the things. Infinite colors. I learned a lot. I took a lot from our last conversation down here of like how to kind of shift. Selling t-shirts, I think, is way harder than selling screen printing supplies. So what's going on with Allmade? What's the update? I mean, you're, what, year and a half in or year in since launch? Well, a year ago, we were barely making our first shirts. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it launched about a year and a half ago, but um, we we really didn't have shirts done until August, September of last year. So... You know, I last our volume's not quite to. We're adding a good number of customers, but our volume is not quite to where it needs to be yet, and that's kind of critical for the factory because we've we have three lines going. We can make about eight thousand shirts a day right now, and uh, volume needs to get up to that point. I don't think there's many days where we sell you know eight thousand shirts. Yeah, which is fine because we're in like a ramp up stage. We want to build that inventory. So what we're deciding to do. A lot of it from our last conversation um, and then just conversations is go a little bit broader with the current fabric and colors that we have. So we're doing tanks, um, you know, uh, the uh, adding 4X shirts and doing a couple different styles of tanks and then adding colors uh, just because we already have customers that are buying it. Mm. uh, But a lot of times one of the things you said is like there's not enough color selection, you know. Yeah, or people – I mean we've had issues with people wanting like – 
just like a solid green or not the heather green or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can sell the story pretty well. And then there's some limitation because it's maybe a high school color or something like that. Yeah, Roger was just back in India where he was looking at this this kind of fabric, like mm -hmm. more like straight cotton. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he found some amazing organic cotton options. Hmm. So the goal so is, is to that create coming hundred percent organic, hundred percent or hundred percent like or maybe organic like a small or an organic blend. blend. Yeah, um, but should be in that lower price point, not quite the traveling price point. To make an organic U.S. cotton shirt, we have to wholesale for like seven bucks. It's yeah, because it's so expensive. U.S. organic, but he's it's all certified organic. It's all uh, fair trade. He went and saw all the factories and super stoked. He's got a bunch of samples. Um, so the gonna... people selling all made now with like the higher price point. What are they doing right? I mean, what's their marketing approach? It's really going after the right customers. So the ICP we call it something different in the book. Like, what's your ideal customer? But it is ICP stands for ideal customer profile, um, and. It's a customer that is, they're probably not in the commoditized t-shirt space directly yet because the commoditized t-shirt space wants a low cost shirt mm -hmm. and this isn't a low cost shirt. So they're typically like a brewery or a restaurant or a food company or some type of clothing company that's catering to a retail market uh, that care and then, and then so that's kind of the profile they care about. Things they care about is like the obviously environment, better quality, and um, probably selling direct. They have no wholesale level in between. Well, a lot of the printers are printing for the wholesaler to that right to that brand or whatnot. But so, I mean, like some of our we've printed a few jobs that ended up in like Urban Outfitters or something. And, you and after know. we printed it, they sold it to Urban for like five seventy. You oh, know, yeah. like so the prices are slashed so low you can't even get the blank. At that price. So you point. were contract printing for them? Yeah, we were contract printing for people who were selling to Urban. And Urban was saying, like, sure, we'll buy it for five bucks, five fifty, stuff like that. Yeah. And we ended up getting stuck using like Hanes. There was no other oh, option. Er yeah. I mean Urban Outfitters has actually really low quality like T shirts. They have some better quality stuff that's not like graphic tees, but a lot of their graphic tees are printed on really cheap blanks because yeah. of that like competitive price point. Which is weird because they're selling them in the store for like what, twenty bucks? Yeah, but you'll see when they go on sale, sometimes their clearance rack is like $8 and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then that way they still make money at that price yeah, point. Yeah, they're still okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting thing. Um, so what we're trying to help people do is find those customers and then get make sure there's programs, sample programs we can support with to get into those types of customers. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go pitch this to a, a school that's buying Hanes, yeah. it's like not even – don't even waste your time. Yeah, why you know? do it? Unless that school has some other type of uh, thing that they want to support, you know, the, the orphan care or something like that. But if you're just comparing this shirt that's made completely differently than this shirt and trying to sell it against it, just go find a different customer. Don't waste your time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anything that we can we can help with our customer base from, from a sampling program or a special program even – you know, with the with the volumes, we're working with a couple companies that were actually doing some private label stuff or some co-label stuff. So yeah, so going back to marketing in general, maybe just for like a smaller screen printing shop, what are you seeing working with some of the guys that are like you're just seeing them grow and grow and grow? What would you suggest to some of those guys that are, you know, not seeing that kind of instant growth line? Well, you find your so where if you've Depending on where you're at the scale, if you're already established, you can go and look at what are your best customers. Do a Pareto. You know what Pareto is? No. 
So Pareto is like an 80-20 graph. So it's awesome because I do it with all my customers every single month. What are our top – What what? how many customers are taking up the top 80% of our volume? Okay. And you'll find that it's always – a it's a small number. Typically, the number's flipped, if not even higher. And with Allmate, it's like 5% of our customer base takes up 80% of our sales. Right, right. So what, then we go and look at those those top customers, the customers that are taking 80% of the volume, and why are they successful? Well, they're successful because A, they're running either, either running their own brand, or B, they're going after those ICPs. So you do the same. If a customer wants to grow, go grow with your best customers, you know? And listen to them, ask them, and then go find more of them. That's mm-hmm. like your number one thing. You're probably more business A you can get from them to what other services, what other things, whatever ventures can you collaborate together and go get. And then two is how do you find another one of those same people before you even go out and look for other customers? Did we just drop video? There's probably like a however many minute problem. I can just sync it twice. All right, nothing happened. So you were saying the top customers are uh, going to be the bulk of your sales. But would you make – like, we've actually experienced this exact same thing. Like we'll have one client give us a $36,000 order. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, how many small clients does it take to equal thirty-six grand when yeah. you're doing like $500 orders? So would you do this rule all the way to like the detriment of your small clients? Like – even potentially alienating the small clients because you're focusing on growth? Well, it's not the small clients. They're just not doing that much business with you. Your, your right. next 80% of your volume might be within the, the 20% of your business right now. But it's identifying what's unique about that top customer base. So then you go, the first place you go before you start looking at other people is you start going and looking at who else fits this mold. You know, So this time... Um, one of the commonalities in the top 15 customers of Allmade was uh, Haiti experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so then I looked in the, the second tier of customers and saw people coming up and put out invites for those shops to come with us next week to Haiti. And I think three or four of them are coming. When do you guys um, fly out? Well, Saturday night, get there Sunday, oh, okay. uh, midday. Cool. And so it's interesting with business owners. They don't plan. No. No plans. But if you say, hey, you want to go to Haiti next week? Like, sure, I'm in. Yeah, right. Uh, like, it's horrible for travel. If you agents. say, do you want to go to Haiti in four months? It, no. It's, it's like, no, I don't want to go. But next week, I'm in. Yeah, because it makes it, you're like picturing your next, you know enough <laughs> to know that you want to get out of next week's work or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's an adventure. So I'm excited about that. So basically, it's like, for and then you can go outside. And when you're getting new business or you're getting leads, you're like, Bam, that is my ideal customer. Like, I'm going to latch on. I'm going to put these programs together, these marketing campaigns together that helps them be successful. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about like – because you're providing a value when you're screen printing. You're not – unless you're just a commoditized, you know, production printer, even Mm -hmm. then you provide some type of unique proposition, unique value. So you find out what value serves those ideal customers and then you just replicate that over and over and over again and then, you know, build that loyalty and that – allows you to go deeper yeah you know? yeah that's good i i see that like i mean we just did class i mean you can see how wrecked the shop is it's like i 
I see these people take the class and I feel like I want to tell them to focus on sales almost above all else mm -hmm. because the actual act of screen printing uh, requires skill and it, requ it has a craft to it, but you can uh, you can be the best screen print in the world and not make money. Yeah. And so focusing on the business side of the business is really critical to growth because I've known a lot of really great screen printers and they're not doing that much in sales. I've known a lot of horrible screen printers that kill it. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that, Ryan. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. You don't have to be a, uh, the best printer because if you go look at what the, what's selling in the stores, it's not. We were talking about Urban Outfitters. It's not that great, right? You know? no, plus, yeah. design most designs that sell is simple. You mm -hmm. know, I I rarely wear a shirt over three or four colors. You know, rarely. So you don't have to have the most intense designs. Your your design that is a eighteen color, perfectly registered, they simulated all this. work. Yeah, yeah there one in a thousand would actually hit it big you know yeah the only people that's worked for with us were like we did it for two chains we did it for brockhampton <laughs> and post malone those were like the three shirts where they were ridiculous and it worked because people were into it but like if you're doing something that's branded more like yeah. for something like a brewery it makes no sense <laughs> yeah you can go one two color and completely succeed so what we've been doing with our all made shirts and our, our customers is we're actually helping our customer market the shirt market themselves so what's different well the shirt's different it's great it creates a better it's a smoother print bed it creates a better quality print it's made from recycled materials it it lasts longer because of the model it's got stronger tensile strength so it doesn't wash and, and tear up as much mm -hmm. uh, and then so if you're printing for a run we'll support a sample program that puts six shirts on at the end of the run you're already printing, the screens are already set up, bam, bam. Those go with marketing material at the top of the box. You know, thanks for your order. Here's six extra shirts. You know, check them out, wear them, wash them, feel them, give them to your customers. Are you doing that for all all made customers now? Or yeah, anyone what? that we can help with. Wow. You know, and That's so, cool. and, the, and then, or is there somebody that, is there an ICP that you can go target that maybe is not ordering from you? And then mm -hmm. we can win together. So go in, create a custom design, print 12 shirts, 24 shirts. One color, make it simple so you're not wasting time registering, doing artwork. Mm. Do it with water-based, do it with discharge, do it something like soft, it kind premium. of blends, yeah. premium. And then go in there and deliver it and say, hey, I made these shirts for you. I think it's a different take than what you currently have right now. Try to sell them. Yeah. You know? And if they sell better, you know, then the next shirt, come back and order more for me. And it works. 90%. I mean, I don't know how data on it, but I, it works. Well, yeah. I mean, when you put that shirt next to a cheap shirt, it everybody can tell. I mean, there's it, it, somebody with absolutely no education in t-shirts can still just touch it and like it, even without all the story behind it. Um, it obviously just feels better than most commodity, like, carded open-end garments. Yeah, it's a great fabric. That's why we want to do more with the fat, more colors and stuff with the fabric. In fact, uh, I had a, a large all-made shirt that's been my pillowcase for mm -hmm. since I got back from Haiti last time, like, you know, in January, and I haven't washed it. It's been fine. Amanda, Amanda washed it this week. It weekend. may not be fine. It's just you're you're okay with it. No, yeah. no, it's seriously because the fabric's antimicrobial, so it doesn't it it doesn't stay. Is that because of the bad. water bottles or the modal? It's the modal. Yeah, oh, the modal. Yeah, thing. yep. Huh. And, and poly is not that. It doesn't really absorb that much. You know, but rayon is bad. Rayon. 
like all I remember like all American apparel shirts, you get that under a uh, tribal instinct. Mm-hmm. And once you get the tribal instinct, it never goes it's away. Over. Yeah. All made shirts don't have that. Hmm. Yeah. That's what you're going to have to do is an entire marketing <laughs> campaign. No tribal instinct. That's the, that's the whole new campaign. Yeah. Could work. So what is the plan uh, moving forward like over this next summer? Is there anything that we can blatantly expect to have launch either with Ryanet or Allmade? So Ryanet, we're doing – so this the book's coming out again, mm-hmm. version 2. And version Cup. 2 has updates? Or? Up, updates, um, some copy edits. Yeah. Because version one had some mistakes in it, uh, mainly due to the way it got laid out. So copy edit some updates and then a, a vlog cast that goes oh, okay. along. Instead of the audiobook, we're doing a vlog cast podcast. And then once those all get launched, we'll put them together in audiobook. And those are just free regardless, or you get it when you buy the book? Uh, not the podcast. The vlog cast will be free. Podcast will be free. And then the uh, completed version will be like along with the book. Oh, okay. That's awesome. And so, and then we have a couple new stuff, a couple, you know, new things coming out uh, with. The rock equipment, continuing to just really get customers on efficiency, effectiveness. Um, nothing really earth shattering. Just continually, you know, improving the automation of the industry. What's going on with the rock hybrid? Because every time I see it, it blows my mind. But it seems like it's still so like upper echelon. Is there any oh, yeah. plan to bring it down market eventually? Well, what's down market? I mean, under a hundred k. So it's all relative, right? Yeah. You know, it's the same. So what we've come up with, we were in Portugal uh, like two weeks ago, is called the Rock Now. Oh, okay. What's that going to be? The Rock Now is an oval, a small oval, mm-hmm. uh, like 16 pallet L, you know. You can go XL, but if you want to just get into space. So it's about the size of your dryer, maybe a little bit bigger. Okay. And then two 20 hybrid, something feet? Two hybrids. Wow. And so you got hybrid underbase, hybrid overprint. Plus screen, plus irons, plus flash dryers, all in one. And that's going to be, you know, half a mil roughly. <sighs> so about the same price as an avalanche. Yeah. You know, but way more, like way faster, way more redundancy. Because think about that. Like, so a, a digital head is like I don't know under two hundred k, and you can have an extra one sitting there ready to go mm-hmm. in case you have an issue with one. If you if you buy an all-in-one inclusive solution, whether it's an Aon or a, a Cornita or whatever, uh, if that goes down, you're down. Yeah. Whereas this one, you literally could have that plus, you know, two two print heads already plus a, another one to even add additional color or go faster or redundancy. Does the Rock Hybrid make sense though for like the print-on-demand market, that or is does. it just mass production DTG? That does. So at SGA, our goal is to. Literally, the hybrid doesn't because you got to underbase it, right? You yeah. know, and it That's by the time you do saying. that, like you have to. It's like you have to do a thousand of the same DTG, basically. Yeah. But the dual, the now, is perfect because it underbases white with the printhead, mm-hmm. and then it overprints color. Hmm. So now is you're it fast. Yeah, underbase white, and you're you're going like three fifty, four hundred an hour probably on DTG. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And there's no pre-treat at that point. There is a pre-treat screen. Either oh, okay. A pre-treat uh, sprayer. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's just inline. Inline, yep. Huh. Pre-treat applicator and then an iron and then hit the, hit it and then iron, flash, iron, hit it. So with the irons, you can really get a great print bed. Because one of the things that, that sucks about DGE printing is like how much ink you have to actually use. Mm-hmm. But with 
proper application of the ink, you know with screen printing, if you're able to get a shirt, a, a tighter knit shirt, you need way less ink. Mm -hmm. So basically with the iron, even on cotton cotton shirts, you can get that knit to go in. Huh. So, and then, so basically, literally, you're taking a barcode, and oh man, and I should show you these packing solutions they have. It's insane. They have these packing solutions that literally will pack and sticker a, a shirt, one shirt at a time. Automated. So, on it, like literally all in one. Like our goal, I don't know if it's going to hit by SGIA or Long Beach or whatever, is like, literally, you go up, you scan an image, mm -hmm. put it on the press, it prints, comes off on the folding line. Packs it, bags it individually, UPS stamps it out the door without a human touching it. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, and then that would be a solution for, I mean, the big boys obviously to begin with, like something like Amazon Merch, that would be an amazing solution compared to how they're running it now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that automation they have in the, in the program side, but with the unique, so Rock's really focusing on, um, the front end of the back end of the equation, like mm -hmm. how can how can the the digital printers change, and then the back end of it's not because it's not just if you look at a screen printing department, a big shop, they have more people in fulfillment than they do in press. Yeah, fulfillment's so, a nightmare. So with the with the automation on the folding lines, they've really that's what we're going to go check out later today is um, the updates they've done on the folding lines to make them a little bit more bulletproof mm -hmm. and then easier to to run a little bit less. Um, training you know needed sweet sounds awesome well thanks for stopping by yeah thanks for uh thanks for having and having a good conversation about marketing and yeah and t-shirts and we'll have to uh call grand line and see what they what they've been actually accomplishing should we call them well, you, i bet they'd answer your yeah they'll answer one of us yeah you try to call them let's see Let's see, if, let's see if he's hustling this early. What did they put Ruben. it in? Is that what I put it under? There oh, it here is. he is. See if he's hustling this early in the morning. He seems to be pretty active. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ruben, it's Cole and Ryan. Huh? It's Ryan Moore and Cole. What's up, dude? Hey, we're on a uh, we're on a podcast talking about you, and we figured since we're talking about you, we'd allow you to uh, prove that you're still getting work done. Oh, that's awesome! Okay. So, what's been going on at the what's been going on at the shop? Actually, it's been getting a lot lot better. We, uh, we try to keep Mark only on the press, which uh, instead of getting like one order done a day, we've been consistently getting three orders done. That's good. It's three hundred percent improvement. There you go. Hey. So that, that was a big that was a big change that we needed to do, which is which is really good. What did you end up doing with your marketing? How did you end up fixing some of that? With marketing, um, I decided to sort of honestly, well, uh, I tested, I kept testing different ads, like you said, and what I saw brought the most results was actually being more personal. So I mean. Me and Mark are both young guys, right? And people, it seems like people are more interested in the fact that we have something, you know, like we're young guys and we're trying to make it, I guess is what I'm saying. So and I started, started seeing a lot more comments, a lot more views, a lot more, a lot more Facebook messages, Instagram DMs, you know? 
So, like, what's an example of one of the ads you wrote? Is it like, hi, I'm a young guy and I need work? <laughs> no, literally, I just did a picture. I took a picture of me and Mark uh, next, to the, next to the rock, right? And I was like, hey, we're going on. We offer, you know, great quality shirts at, you know, at super fast turnaround. I didn't say anything about price because, you know, we don't want to be the cheapest printers out there. Yeah. I said customer service is number one for us. And I said, you know, stop by. We'll even make you a latte or, uh, you know, a cup of coffee. And <laughs> I had, like, days. tons of comments. They like that. They do. Probably, yeah, and I probably got, like, maybe, maybe like, ten different messages. And then I closed on most of those orders. That's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. perfect. You can totally scale that up. Nice, man. So what did it cost to get ten messages? Uh, I think it was like something around like at that time it was like about a hundred and fifty dollars. All right, so like fifteen dollars a lead—that's that's doable. And how much? What percentage yeah. did you close out of those? I pre- um, every single one of them except well, actually only one I didn't. He was he nine was, out of ten. Was, is dude, sweet <laughs> high fives. Spend that's more awesome. money if that's working. Yeah. That's amazing. That's now. Now the trick is is to create that experience so that it can scale past you. You know how do you, how do you create that experience so you could do a, a, a hundred? You know, and that's probably going to be more than you, right? So that's yeah, a yeah, for sure. that's awesome, man. And the coffee's good too. I've had one there. Her <laughs> dad makes yeah, coffee. So, I mean, we're just we're just kind of learning. I mean, I mean that I'm not saying that that's gonna. I mean, it could possibly, like you're saying, possibly that scale, but I feel like I never even tried that before. Cole gave me the idea to just test stuff, you know? Does that work? Does that not? Does that work? Does that not? You know? I mean, it it all depends, right? Yep. Awesome. Well, I would say nine out of ten is a good test. It's a good. That's I mean, that's success on an ad, in my opinion. I was talking to somebody that was doing a new product, and I asked him what his sell-in was percentage, and what his sell-through was, was you know, reorders, and he said one out of ten, one out of a ten out of a hundred, ten percent, and uh, and then ten percent reorder. I was mm-hmm. like, dude, <laughs> time yeah. to move on. Next idea. Yeah. Because clearly people aren't loving it. But nine out of ten—that's a—that's like okay, time to time to do another another round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, once you max out your own sales capabilities, I mean, it's not that hard to find someone with a good personality who can help you with sales. There you go. That's actually true. Yep. Just max yourself out nobody, first. Nobody, nobody will do it as good as you, right? If you're the business owner and you care about your business. Oh, no. No. Yeah, I disagree. (laughs) There's a lot of things you don't want me doing, that's for sure. I mean, there are people who definitely have skills that you're not going to have. Yeah. And they'll be great at different jobs. I am not the the best salesperson around it, that is for sure. No, no, no. I didn't mean like I'm the, like, not like the, not the business owner is the best. I'm saying, if no, if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to lead your business, right, no one else is going to do it for you. You have to be that first starter push. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if, Ryan, if Ryan Moore didn't start it, right, then no, and you could hire anybody. Even now, I mean, even like with Apple, like Steve Jobs would go out and he would pitch, he would pitch it, and he would see how his pitch went before it ever went to market. So I, that's the same way. Like now, like all made, all I'm, 
you know, pitching all main, seeing how the pitches work with our customers and how strategies can work with our customers before like we hand it over to the sales team. So I always, I do agree like the, the business owner or the leader or the, you know, the person in charge of sales and marketing essentially for the, for the brand to test those ideas first and then scale them. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's actually, that's a good point. Well, thanks for answering yeah, the man. phone. Good job. Do you guys need any help with your squeegees? Squeegees. squeegees? Yeah, you guys had a whole discussion about squeegees, about green ones and triple durometers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ones did you end up with? I don't know. That, that would be a mark question. He's right? Well, we need to cut a hole in the fence because it's way too hard to walk around the fence. So that I way we can just come right over. Yeah, you should just create like a little hallway or like dig a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, we can a dig tunnel a tunnel. underneath yeah, would be pretty yeah. dope. There you go. I think a tunnel would be a good idea too. That's like how the basketball players get yeah. into Staples Center. Oh no, a zip line from oh. the top of the roof to the uh, that, that would be the best. Because there's this oh, fence. Know, like, I don't know if we can cut a hole in the fence. <laughs> Who owns it? You own it? Yeah, drones. Yeah, best sales gift I've ever gotten. I got a drone. Oh yeah, which one? Literally, somebody wants to get our business. They're like PayPal lending, mm-hmm. and they 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 give a drone. Like that's their that's expensive, and they've never followed up. <laughs> they never called. So now you just have this drone. Yeah, wow. I am mean, gonna email because that was a really nice. Yeah, that's it's a really good nice one. for somebody to do. They obviously have a huge marketing budget. Yeah, clearly. Uh, so we'll send the drone over. But anyway, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. I'm gonna be in Haiti next. Uh, traveling this week, but in Haiti next week, maybe maybe Friday, but like probably drop by in the next week or two. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Sweet man. Well, uh, Cole's wife's calling. <laughs> Joni Love. That's a whole. That's a whole other episode. If we <laughs> yeah. get Joni on. Yeah. Joni's opinion on things. Yeah. All right. All right. See you. Have everyone. a great day. Cool guys. Bye. Later. So I guess we better wrap it up because the boss is calling. Oh, well, I think we're opening in a minute, so yeah. she's trying to figure stuff out. But All anyway, right. thanks for coming by. Yep. All Have right. A great day. Uh, great day. Everyone, buy Power books. Print. Buy All Made. All made in books. Yeah. See, she won't stop. All right. She's out of control. Bye. See ya. Hey.